done. That was painful for you, wasn't it? <laughs> it was difficult, <laughs> yes. Turn left, go straight. She just slays me. I could watch her eating mustard out of a jar. <laughs> That's I never heard that before. I think it's funnier now. That was what twenty six was for. That was Ta-da! It. Um, I took notes. I was getting ready for this show tonight. And there was something so obvious that I didn't have to write any words next to it. I just wrote the number 26. <laughs> Do you think I have any idea what I was talking to myself about? <laughs> That's the kind of thing that you wake up in the middle of the night with the answer to yeah. the the universe and every life, the universe and everything, and you don't write it down because yep. you're going to remember. Or you write something down and you go, huh, 42. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's it. This was twenty six was such a big deal to me at that moment that I'm like, I'll remember this. I don't even need to to write it down, and it just totally escaped me. Is there something obvious about twenty six that um that was in the news? Twenty six. Mm, I don't know. The bad news is I can't remember a goddamn thing I read. <laughs> Well, that's the uh, like I said. That's the uh, benefit of getting old. We can rewatch we rewatch the uh, you know Lord of the Rings uh, every other week. You know. Yes. So, what was this movie? Oh, that this looks like it might be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and there are things I want to go back and look at. Also, things I never saw. The movies that I haven't seen that I've been told I have to see, like The Godfather. Oh my gosh! You never saw The Godfather? Oh my <laughs> lord! I, I think I told you this story. I went to I went to go see it with Larry O'Neill when we were. I think he was eighteen. He was a little bit older than I was. Mm-hmm. We were in the same class in high school. I was seventeen, mm-hmm. so he was my parental guardian. But they wouldn't let me in the theater. Wow. <laughs> I uh, had read the book, and then the movie came out. So. Uh, really. Yeah. You read that book. Yeah. Wow. Book was better, but the movie was very yeah. good. So. As yeah. a matter of fact, I liked the movie even better because I'd read the book because I knew what, according to the book, they were thinking and stuff in different situations, right. you know. And you felt that the movie yeah. was true to the book. Yeah, very much so. You know, I remember your sister watching the movie um, about Ayla there. Ayla? I can't think of the name of it now. The Valley of the Horses, uh, Clan of the Cave Bear. Oh, Clan of the Cave Bear, yeah. She she was pissed off about the movie, I think. She was royally pissed off about that movie. Yeah. And I and, read that book, too. <laughs> yeah, I read the first three or four of those, and then I I got tired of it. Yeah, I didn't read every one that was published. It began to be less about science and more about soap opera. Yeah. But I liked the movie, and... and uh, <laughs> I think she was offended that I even gave it a passing grade. <laughs> she just thought it was horrible. The uh, I'm interested in how they do Ender's Game here. Uh, you know, I think I read Ender's Game. I uh-huh. think I did. Yeah. But it was a long time ago, and I think I didn't like it. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I saw a headline for a review of it today, mm-hmm. and uh, basically it said, you know, Ender's Game... What's the point? 
I don't know. I think people think, I don't know. I, I don't expect every movie to be a classic and a top 10, you know, and I go for it and, and just take enjoyment out of what it offers rather than being yeah. too worried about it being the best thing I've ever seen. Or I, I don't, I really don't remember being really mad about any movie, not being as good as the book or anything like that. And I go, well, it's a movie, you know, yeah. and I, you know, what one really bothered me? <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, and for the most part, I, I feel that way too. Jurassic Park bothered me. Oh, the book was really good. Oh, I love the book. And I thought the movie went horribly wrong. I thought it was... Yeah, it was Ender's that. Game, a movie only card-carrying Orson Scott card fans could love. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, okay. So they don't like it. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. But I see most of my movies after they come out in Redbox or on uh, uh, Netflix now. So I... I don't worry about it. The one I I didn't get to see that I really wanted to see, and it was uh, the Lincoln movie. I didn't get to see yeah. that, and I really wanted to see that. I'm kind of upset now that I I haven't, so I'm keep waiting for it to come out on Redbox. Well, I think it's a movie that doesn't demand uh, a huge screen. You know, I yeah, think it's not an action well. adventure one, yeah. Right. But I thought, as good as Daniel Day Lewis was, and I thought he was great, there was another actor, now, now I can't think of his name, who I thought kind of stole the show, kind of upstaged him. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who stars in The Blacklist now used to be in Boston Legal. Not anymore. It's James Spader, by the way. The name did finally come back to me. Do you know who James Spader is? Not off the top of my head, no. Funny thing uh, I've been doing is just I, I really dig in this Netflix thing, yeah. And so I just been going and binge watching different series that I you know never watched before. Yeah. Yeah. So what series are you watching? What What are you liking? Well, I just finished watching the Tudors from uh, uh, HBO. I saw that it was on a lot. It It never looked interesting to me, so I let it go. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Let's see. What uh, uh, Breaking Bad? I saw all of that. That was. Oh, did you? That's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's six years. Yeah. Well, I've I've got five years of it. I don't have the last. I have to wait for them to Uh-oh. get the last season in. So. Yeah, I saw. A few... Don't tell me how it turns out. <laughs> no, I saw a few of the shows the first season, and I I thought this is going to be really interesting. And boy, isn't he good! And then it went on hiatus, and I lost track of it. Well, that's what happens, right? You know, it's I, yeah. it's not. I mean, I remember it used to be a pretty normal thing to know when's my favorite show on what night, and you make the time and you watch your show every week, right? That's me. I'm old fashioned. And uh, I don't I, either. I don't have the patience. I, I I just not in that mindset anymore. So you know, you watch you watch it once, and then you forget that the next week it's on on Tuesday nights at nine, and you right. fuck, I missed that. And then you you lose track. So this binge watching is working out really well for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I watched uh, Black is the New Orange or Orange is the New Orange Black. Orange is the New Black. Yep. That yep. One. I'm up to date on that one. I really like that one. And um, let's see. What other ones did I watch? Homeland is. is well, yeah, that's one. not on uh, uh, on uh, 
Netflix. Netflix. No, unfortunately, I heard that's that's really good. I also want to see that it's an HBO series about um, a newscaster. I forgot what it's called. Oh, the newsroom. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I uh, what they had free HBO for a weekend, and I watched that, and I really liked it. Yeah, the the, the big dress down, the big uh, payoff speech of the first episode. Oh yeah, I just got a lot of play. Oh man, I loved that one. <laughs> yeah, now, and I've I've heard some criticism of it. I've, I actually would like to watch all of that. I've I've heard a lot of good things about it. So. Well, you know. It's much easier to destroy than create, you know? <laughs> and uh, I take criticism with a grain of salt. I mean... Yeah. Um, the West Wing was so damn good. Oh, God, yeah. And, and uh, the Facebook movie was, I thought, really good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll watch Aaron Sorkin write a story about sidewalks. <laughs> and, yeah, that was... Uh, Anyhow, yeah. I've been watching just a ton of them. Uh, there was one, Once Upon a Time. Uh, it's something I would have never watched on uh, TV. And it, you know, it's a gangster show? No, no, no. It's a fantasy. Oh. It's, it's actually an interesting premise. Uh, and, and basically, uh, there's... You, you gotta, uh, you know, uh, suspend belief, but there's basically a multiverse... And uh, in this other one, all the fairy tale stories that, you know, we have in our uh, lexicon are actually true. That's what they were based on. There's all these characters that were the same characters from fairy tales and stuff. Is that the one with Rumpelstiltskin? Rumpelstiltskin. Great. Greatly. I love how this guy does this Rumpelstiltskin. Anyhow. Yeah, I've seen the the show on TV, but... I, I never exactly. I, I, I would never watch it. So anyhow, I'm I'm just popping through, and I'm going, oh, okay. Well, I'll watch this. And, you know, again, I'll give it a C, but it was entertaining. Yeah. But it it looked to me like I had to go back to the beginning to figure out what was going. Yeah, on. Yeah, it's kind of one you have to watch in order. Yeah. But uh, but the guy is from one of my favorite movies, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Train Spotting. Yeah. Did you ever see Train Spotting? Nope. Well, if you ever want to watch a movie about heroin addicts, you just get yourself some Train Spotting. You know, I w- really wish I I could keep a pen around here. <laughs> Seriously, it's... you know, I got this whole huge desk here, and I never have a pen when I want it because every time somebody wants a pen, I give it to them, and I never get it back. Right, right. <laughs> I, on the other hand, with not a lot of people around, seem to be collecting pens on my desk here. <laughs> I'm I'm up to three now, but anyway, Train Spotting, I think I've watched it three times now. Oh, I forgot House of Cards. You probably haven't seen that one. Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, John, that was good. I, yeah, it's good. I'm I'm finding it a little. Yeah, I'm I'm picky, I guess. <laughs> Suspend belief and enjoy what you can. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't yeah. like it, turn it off. That's that's my. Uh motto well yeah i'm i'm quibbling i i want to watch the rest of it i like it mm-hmm. but there are times when i think ah uh, he wouldn't do that well it is really interesting doing this binge watching because i i i watch the first episode then i watch it from front to finish so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um Weeds. I I still. Think I weeds. haven't watched Weeds oh. yet, and I'm about. It's on my list here of uh, binge watching. Uh, 
uh, items. Speaking of nice ass, <laughs> holy mother of God! <laughs> you you only need to watch it for uh, what's her name. Yeah, it looked like there was a really hot babe in there. Yeah, oh God, <laughs> she just slays me. I could watch her eating mustard out of a jar. <laughs> That's I never heard that before. I think it's funnier now. <laughs> <laughs> I just made it up. I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> but anyway, she's <clears throat> whatever. Yeah. Anyhow, anyway, shall we? Uh, shall we start the recording? I'm always ready. I, I don't know how useful I'll be, but well, usually things. Roll off your tongue. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we're ready, Doctor. All right. Welcome to 8 Minutes on High. Today is Saturday, November the 2th. Tooth, yes. And tonight is Roll Your Clocks Back. I'm Max. And I'm Zach. And this is 8 Minutes on High, like I said. So, the first thing I thought we would say, just because we're Americans, Zach, is um, a begrudging. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. To the boss. Red Sox. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided that I like uh, Dustin Pedroia. I decided I can't hate the Red Sox, so. Okay. Well, I. I, I've not generous enough to say, although I, I think the sentiment he expressed was fine, but, you know, you, if you're going to nail Alex Rodriguez to the cross, I think you got a, uh, you got a bone to pick with Big Poppy. Mm, fair enough. Uh, you know, I think, I think he's a drug user, and uh, I think that made him excellent. I don't know if he was using during this World Series. He certainly played like he was. I remember... Two baseball classics ago, Dustin Pedroia playing for the USA team with Derek Jeter. And, of course, you know I love Derek Jeter. Mm -hmm. And he was very fond of Pedroia. And it looked like, you know, it was all for country. And they were they were both playing hard and respecting each other. And I mean, if, if Jeter thinks he's okay, I think he's okay, too. <laughs> well, there you go. That's That's quite a bit of praise there. <laughs> <laughs> not not really conceding a lot from the Yankees. <laughs> no, not at all. And and I should be fond of him because he's a little guy and he plays his ass off. So we'll we'll uh, doff our chapeaus. Yeah, we'll be grudging uh, tip of the hat. Yep. And and now that part is done. That was painful for you, wasn't it? <laughs> it was difficult. <laughs> yes. But you know, I'm trying to get a little more sports into this show uh, so that we're not totally political. Well, um, well, see, I'm a I'm a big football fan, Giants fan, and I don't have anything to say. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a Giants fan, too, and, and they've won their last two games, and they look terrible. Uh, yes, absolutely. It, it, there's there's no beginning. Like, I, I think I mentioned it a few few weeks ago, flaming dumpster fire comes to Yes, yeah, that, that's what they are. Um, and fortunately for us, they don't they don't play this weekend, so there's a pretty good chance they're not going to lose. There you go. Yeah, they've totally decimated my foot, football fantasy league. So yeah, it's it's not good. Um, but there were 
political things afoot since you and I talked last in fact I'm not sure what day you and I talked last but I think the, uh, the I wanted to say sequester I think the government shutdown was going on uh, the government shutdown was about to go on the last time we spoke it hadn't wow. hadn't quite shut down yet it's been a while because that ran for like three weeks yeah and my I really blew my prediction I said four days yeah well I knew once that they pull the trigger on it it would go right until the last possible minute it just that's the way the republicans work uh, it was it was um i don't know um I, i'm trying to think of the right words without being too rude it was in a way hilarious <laughs> manifestly stupid uh, because i'm going all right so we shut down government and now what we're, our plan is, and it's a good plan, uh, we're going to see what people are pissed off about and put these little bills up to, well, they don't like that. So we'll champion adding that back in and we'll right. champion adding this back in. And, and I'm going, yeah, that's a really good strategy, but I hope the Democrats aren't stupid enough to fall for that. If you shut the government down, shut it down, you, you know, there's going to be pain and their goal was to, uh, affect the Obamacare or uh, Affordable Care Act. Right. And by going through and making the government shut down not painful, they could right. they could eventually get to where everything is funded but Obamacare. Sounded like a really good plan, but it was comical in a way watching that. And this that brings me to my second set of congratulations, which is a thank you to the Republicans for doing this because when they ran out healthcare.gov implement the Affordable Care Act, it was a total disaster. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, the Republicans spent approximately three weeks saying all sorts of stupid things and making asses of themselves and distracting the country from the fact that the plan, the webpage at least, really wasn't going that well. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it was. It, it worked out to be a very big boon for the Democrats as far yeah. as... Uh, changing the topic right right it just it was it was helpful i was actually watching the uh congressional uh committees uh um on c-span before uh you called in uh the sibelius testimony yeah i saw a little bit of that and it was it, it was interesting because it was a uh build this was a congressional hearing to discuss the problems with the website and not one of the first four or five Republicans that I got to watch spoke about the website. It was all about yeah. the uh, people that have been kicked off of insurance policies, and one guy brought up abortion, and the other guy brought up uh, uh. Um, medical privacy, HIPAA, right? Right, right, and I'm, which isn't relevant. Which is, you know, so I'm going, I thought this was about the website. <laughs> Well, and and this is where concentrate, concentrate. Yes. <laughs> well, you got the. Uh, I'm sure you you read the uh, Hannity um, expose, if you will. No, I did not. Um, gee, I should have uh, uh, had the article right on uh, my Google here. But basically, Hannity had a you know a three person panel uh, yeah. of uh, three, oh, three oh, couples. Oh, yes. And yes. they went through with their Obama uh, horror story. And right. a reporter uh, went in and um, 
did the background, did the background check the and talked to them. And it was, you know, the one person, the, the business person had three employees, was totally unaffected by Obamacare. Right. Uh, basically, the two others just hated Obamacare and wouldn't look at what was being offered. Right. So, and, and, and they said it was a disaster for them, but it actually could have helped them. They just didn't. Well, according to the reporter, he took their information and went and contacted them and let them know what they could have gotten. It would have been better. Right. So I, I saw on MSNBC today a story about a woman who had been on CNBC. And CNBC is the pro-business yes. you know, TV station. And she was saying you know, she liked her plan. It was a, a good plan. And, and it has closed and you know isn't this terrible and the reporter did the same thing they did the research and they found a better obamacare plan for her that would have cost less have you ever have you have you, have you ever read uh uh an insurance policy a private uh, uh, uh area can uh insurance policy uh, it's in a different no. language okay and a lot of policies that you get, you think you're covered for something, and you're not. Right. right. And so you love it because it costs 50 cents a week, and you go, right. I got health insurance, so I think everything's great, until you got to use it. And then they find out that it's nothing. Yeah, I can't say that I've read them, but um, I know, and I think you were the one that reminded me of it last, that a lot of them have caps. And, Up until uh, the Affordable Care Act, almost all of them did. Right. Even right. even the quote-unquote good ones. And uh, I was talking with a guy at work who said that 30 million people have been thrown off of their insurance plans. And I did the research, and the number is 2 million, which is a substantial number. But they probably didn't qualify because they had caps or limits. or The president said... If you wanted, if you liked your plan, you'd be able to keep it, and that sounds like a lie. I think he believed it. I, I think uh, he intended for everybody to be able to keep their plan, but I think what he meant was, if your plan qualifies for the law. Mm -hmm. I think that's basically true. They in two thousand ten. Uh, after the law got enacted, there's a grandfather clause that any policy in effect in March 2010 yeah. um, can, can, stay. can stay. But it has – this is the weasel words that I don't quite get. Basically, they're saying what you said, if it is an acceptable policy. Right. And acceptable policy means you can't charge twice as much for women. You can't uh, – kick somebody off if they get sick you can't um well pre-existing yeah, conditions wouldn't uh wouldn't play in because uh you wouldn't have been signed up <laughs> well no but some some pre-existing conditions you don't know you have at the time and they show up later yeah pre-existing conditions I you didn't know you had anyhow if if the if the law didn't or if the policy didn't conform to those that may well be true i'm, I'm a little shaky on that but that's yeah. what it sounded like listening to the uh, congressional testimony. But I think there's there's legitimate criticism for yes what the president said versus what the reality was. It's it 
it didn't it doesn't look good just like the president said you know this will be a great marketplace and and it'll you know well actually i think i think i think it will be i think there's some growing pains uh it is infuriating to me that they allowed it not to roll out smoothly yeah that's, that's oh, a yeah. definite failure uh people should be held accountable but there's a difference between a website and a law and, oh yeah, absolutely. And the law is, yes, it doesn't mean the law is a failure. The, and there are things in the law that we probably need to work on. No law is perfect. You need to go back and look at it again. But we haven't been able to because of the opposition, uh, right? Uh, being presented. So, I think the website yeah. will be fixed. Um, I've looked into it for my son. It's going to work out great for him. Yay! So, um, they keep talking about the death spiral but basically if if enough young healthy people don't sign up it could fail because the only people that will be on it will be the people that cost the most mm-hmm. so you know the clock is ticking now it's it uh, needed to roll out well but i did see some numbers this morning on msnbc they said that um well first of all that obama's the Obamacare website the first day actually signed up a total of 26 people. That was what 26 was for. That was Ta-da! <laughs> for, the, for our audience, uh, I was telling uh, Zach before the show that I'd written down 26, but I couldn't remember why I did it. <laughs> and that was it. There, there were 26 go. people that signed up uh, the first day. Um, they compared the numbers with uh, the Massachusetts numbers, and uh, the first week I think it was 236, which is still a horrible number. Mm-hmm. But they mirrored Massachusetts almost exactly in terms of percentages. In Massachusetts, the 36,000 or whatever the number was that they required in order for the law to function happened all like within the last month that it needed mm-hmm. to happen. So I, I expect that to be the same case. People are, are going to take some time, especially with a bad website. Right. And um, it should be, well, it sh- I've gone on it since they started fixing it, and it is smoother and smoother and smoother. The problem they, they keep having now is the uh, main database thing that allows you to sign up keeps going offline. And, yeah. Um, Part of that is that they're taking it down to fix it. Yeah, I think it can work still. I think that there is a clock on it now, and, uh, you know, bad deal. And this is kind of like I was mad at uh, Clinton for being an idiot and having an affair when he knew everybody was watching that really caused a lot of problems for uh, the Democratic Party. Right. And then on. This is something that needed to work out of the box or pretty damn near work out of the box. I expected that the beginning would have low numbers of enrollees and, and you'd hear people bitching about that. Right. But as the deadline approached, it would ramp up. And I actually truly, to tell you the truth, I think it'll take two years before it really starts to become what it needs to be. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if if they can withstand it for two years. I mean, we are going to have... In another calendar year, just a little over a year, we're going to have another election. 2014. 
That right. you know that's very interesting to me because I've been spending some time thinking about the uh, election upcoming election and the impact of the shutdown, which I think will fade. Depends on what happens on the next one. Right. But I've been thinking about that gerrymandering, and I, I'm just wondering if it's going to, in a way, backfire because of what's happening now with the uh, conservatives moving to the right, to the right, to the right, to the right. There's got to be yeah. a lot of those districts that if you move far enough to the right, that it's going to jeopardize them. Yes, well, and I, I heard a report about that. I don't know the number, but there are some some districts that were created with majority Republican populations that are just barely majority Republican. And those districts, the Republicans are now in trouble, even with, you know, longtime incumbents, if, if it's... If you know, if it's not a twenty percent or a forty percent Republican margin, the country is pretty fed up with Republicans. Well, and the Tea Party's been getting very big uh, negative uh, numbers for the last uh, month or so. Right. I read an article in the New York Times that suggested that um, the 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 business group there, the Chamber of the Commerce, Chamber of Commerce. And some other Republican groups are now looking for and or funding um, traditional Republican candidates mm -hmm. to run against Tea Party candidates. Mm -hmm. There, uh, there is a fight going on in the Republican Party. Schism. Yes, <laughs> very good word. <laughs> and and I was looking at that. That's exactly what I'm looking at. If uh, if you move too far to the right with some of these things, I mean. The Chamber of Commerce and the business community probably isn't real excited about the thought of defaulting on the government debt. Of course not. Uh, it would cost them a fortune. <laughs> yeah. And that's got to make some of them a little nervous. I, I think they really like this Tea Party thing because it kind of blew a bunch of people in office and helped them. But... Uh, they've let's gone out of the control of the big wigs. Pandora's out of the box, huh? Right, right. And yes, if you have uh, Little Miss I Am Not a Witch, you know, running as a Republican, the, the people don't take them seriously. And, and there are some moderate Republicans. They do exist. And um, they don't vote for the crazy ones. So, you know, there's a chance that the, that the Democrats could win back some marginal districts. And the funny thing is, is to a large extent, I think the Republicans have won an awful lot. Um, I mean, the oh, yeah, the, the, the country has swung to the right. The, yes. the conversation on the uh, debt and deficits uh, very much on uh, the way the right. Republicans want them to go. The government has been getting smaller through Obama's term. The outlays right. don't show it necessarily because of the recession or depression, whichever you want to label it, that we were in. Right. But in general, things keep getting squeezed. And um, I think entitlement reform is something that we do need to look at uh, and do it intelligently. It's been done before. Uh, it was done under Clinton. Yeah. It was done under Reagan. I refuse to call it entitlement reform. I, I, I understand. Social, Social Security and Medicare. Right. Uh, basically. Which, by the way, the Republicans passed a huge Medicare improvement bill and didn't bother to fund it. Right. 
you know, so are they really the party of fiscal responsibility? Well, there's an awful lot of uh, fiscal Republicans that are pretty mad about the Bush era uh, economics, right. and rightfully right. so. And people don't want to hear us uh, talking about it, but the fact is that we're still digging out of a hole that was created by the Medicare Part D, the two wars, and tax the, cuts all over the place, and the tax cuts exactly. Not to mention the emergency financial measures that were necessary to, which some of them came in under Obama, uh, to repair the country and keep the banks afloat, mm -hmm. which, by the way, why aren't there people in jail for that? Uh, that's... Did, you, did you notice how fast it, it, the Republicans were able to have a hearing about the webpage? Mm -hmm. The Democrats should have done the same damn thing Obama's first day in office. And they should have put frickin' Dick Cheney on trial in the Congress and, and at least had congressional hearings about the shit he was doing. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I think the country – or at least Obama wanted to move on. I understand what, what you're saying. Um, but if it was how did, how, did he, how did he get to the top of the, the, the heart donation list at 70? Well, yeah – <laughs> um, you're right. I'm sure that there was favoritism there. That probably played into the benefit of one of my favorite human beings ever, which is Mickey Mantle, who, you know, had he not been a famous athlete, probably wouldn't have gotten a liver. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't want to throw that particular stone. But you're right. Anyway, I want to move on a little bit. If uh, if this is an acceptable topic, Edward Snowden strikes again. Oh yeah, uh, he's gonna. What, where is he gonna be interviewed? Uh, oh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know there was an interview. Well, first up. of all, the Russians gave him a job. Yeah, I heard that at work. And he, his status seems to be more secure now as a uh, yeah. refugee or whatever it is now. And and we we don't like Putin. I, I've said that on this podcast. Vlad, if you're listening, you're a bastard. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure I, I had read something about uh, that he'd agreed to be interviewed by uh, German uh, reporters to uh, some television thing uh, via Skype or WebEx or something. Uh, yeah. uh, from and that has to do with uh, tapping uh, the chancellors of Germany's cell phones. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, just on a side note, I just happened to catch a picture in one of the magazines I was reading of Obama with his arm around Angela Merkel, uh -huh. the chancellor of Germany, as you know. And it reminded me, uh, and it was intended to remind people of the the time when Bush kind of walked around behind her and gave her a big hug around the shoulders as she was sitting at some, you know, professional heads of country table. Mm -hmm. And and I thought it was it was kind of stupid for Bush to uh, put his arm around her. And then, and then there's a picture of Obama giving her a hug. And I'm like, you people, you know, you don't run around hugging other heads of state. You leave poor Angela Merkel alone. There's a, there's a picture, you could probably find it out there somewhere, of Obama with his arm around her, where she clearly looks like, just get away from me. <laughs> so what are we going to do with Hillary? Um, I don't think anybody wants to touch Hillary. 
Um, you know, if Hillary wants to give people hugs, that's fine. We don't know what the the, the rules of social order are for, for women presidents too much. But I think in the case of Angela Merkel, she really isn't all that fond of being touched. <laughs> I, I have no real opinion on this. That's it's an interesting observation. I hadn't thought about it. Well, take a take a look on the interwebs and see if you see a picture of Obama with his arm around her. And, and, and I think you know it's just American culture. Maybe it's certainly not German culture. It's it's what I call an unforced error. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and hey, we're Democrats and we're fond of this president. But let's face it, his administration's made some unforced errors lately. Hmm. Well, there there's a microscope out there, and and I I I firmly believe that no matter what decision uh, he will make, it will be criticized. So. Oh yeah. Oh, there's no question he's been treated unfairly, and that there's been a an absolute roadblock on the Republican side. I'm I'm trying to be fair and and you know say he's done wrong when I think he's done wrong, and 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 you and I both stipulated that. The web rollout is a mess. Yeah. It's we wouldn't have any credibility if if we said otherwise. Absolutely, I think it's fixable. But also on Slate, they had a they had a quick, uh, just quickly, they had to talk about um, Diane Feinstein, which I thought was interesting. And she's saying, "Hey, what the hell's going on here? I belong to the Senate Oversight Committee, and I didn't know about this spying." And so the question is. Does the NSA and the CIA and whatnot bother to tell the Senate? Well, it, the, the interesting thing to me is that they still haven't recovered from the Patriot Act. We, we had 9-11 and everybody went nuts and overdid it. And we're now in the uh, beginning to rein it back in phase, which will give Snowden some credit for that. Uh, although I think yeah. he's done some serious damage to our ability to... Uh, not get blown up by the next terrorist. Um, that's yes. that's one of oh, those yeah. things you're going to have to. What do you want? The uh, the Franklin quote: uh, security or freedom. And if yeah. if you're you can't give up one for the other. So I expect that uh, we're in more danger because of Snowden. But I also expect maybe we will make some positive changes in uh, reining in the NSA and the. Uh, the snowball effect that uh, uh, the uh, Patriot Act in 9-11 started. It'll be hard to find that fine line between enough spying and too much spying. Mm. And there was an article that suggested that the Germans, the French, and the British are doing similar things. Well, when I I used to work for another company, one of our – in our security briefings – one of the major espionage sources for industrial espionage was France. That's interesting. Yeah, they said the French uh, in the in the slate talk. They said the French were doing a lot of it, which you know we imagine the French just sitting around drinking coffee. But, I mean, if it's possible to do, it's not like the only place in the world that can think of it is the United States. So when you think about the things you're finding out about the U.S. NSA doing things. You can you can pretty much assume that other countries, China, uh, 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 Germany, France, they've got agencies, Israel, right? That they're doing those things too. Yeah, that's not yeah. an excuse. 
saying it, it, it's a scary world out there. Well, and we we always assumed that there was spying going on when we were growing up and the Cold War was going on. Yeah. So, it's, but I never really thought much about spying on our friends, and I don't know what to think about it now. Anyway, um, we're we're approaching the end of our time on this podcast, and I, I was telling you earlier, I've I've been fascinated with Slate magazine lately, and there was an interesting article on Slate that I was hoping to finish with. Unless you have something you want to bring up, uh, no, uh, I wanted to mention uh, because I don't know when our next podcast will be. Is that uh, this is a uh, the anniversary of uh, the Kennedy assassination coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where were you? Where were you? And uh, one of the uh, big changing events of uh, at least my lifetime. Oh, God. Me too. Do you know, do you remember where you were? Oh, yeah. I remember exactly where I was. I was uh, I was uh, coming home from school. I was in front of the school, just got out. Some kids were talking about it, and I said, nah, that can't be true. Yeah. Got home, and it was true. I was in first grade in Catholic school, and a, a girl from one of the upper grades came in and talked to one of the nuns, and then we prayed. And I remember a lot of people crying. Um, I think, you know, my parents, maybe both of them, and and watching, you know, Walter Cronkite on the news at home. I was six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was it was a weird time. It was int- it was interesting. They played a uh, a spot of Kennedy addressing the National Science Foundation this week on uh, um, I can't remember what channel it was on, but it was interesting. They let it actually play for a good good period of time, mm. and boy was he a supporter of science! Yay, science! <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, back in those days. Both parties used to think science was a good thing. Now apparently only one party believes in science. It, apparently. And I, I find that to be really, really depressing. Well, it's uh, – I, I'm, I'm, uh, I recall learning in school that at one time the um, Muslim world, the, 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 the Arab world was right. the leader of edu- – of, not education but science and – Right, absolutely. And they all imploded in upon themselves and became repressive. And right, and they they thought that they were getting too close to God, and and that it was hubris, and they turned away from science. And can that seems to be what at least a portion of this group is saying? Yeah, and and you know what, the Pope of all people. Oh yeah. It seems to be saying, you know, let's take care of the planet and, mm-hmm. and let's take care of each other. I I just am loving this pope. I, I don't know. I, I, I you weren't raised Catholic, so maybe you didn't have that much affection for popes in general. But uh, I remember saying when the, when they elected uh, Ratzenberger or Katzenberger, whoever it was that, that the last guy was, they elected him pope. I'm like, nah, you know, let's. You should have picked the black guy and not the Nazi. <laughs> but they got it right this time. Mm-hmm. You know, they ask him about. Um, What's he a, a Jesuit? Is he? 
He's a Jesuit, yes, the Society of Jesus. They ask him about atheists, and he's like, well, you know, if you if you live a good life, maybe you can get into heaven anyway, which I thought was very cool. Mm -hmm. And, he, you know, he said, we got to stop running around worrying about all these political issues and start taking care of each other and taking care of the poor. Oh, that's great. You know, and... It, it, I think that's what Jesus was talking about. He, they threw some bishop out in Germany that was spending all this money on his apartment and stuff there. That was pretty cool. Yeah, well, and this guy is is living in a, a you know modest uh, apartment, not in the palatial estates. And I think we probably already covered this. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to talk about one other thing. Go for it. Um, in in Slate magazine this week, they had a story about style that I thought was interesting. Um, they, they did a, a, there was a movie with, uh, as they call them on Total Talk Nonsense, Chanum Tating. There was a movie with Chanum Tating, uh, where they, uh, um, 21 Jump Street. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a scene that they show a clip of where they're talking about the Chanum Tating is the, the cool kid and, you know, the, the, their cops going back to high school mm -hmm. and he's telling the kid, the, the the other guy who's the actor's name I can't remember right now. You can't wear your backpack with two straps. You got to sling it over one shoulder. And they go into this whole history of style and how <laughs> when they got to high school in the movie, it turns out all the cool kids now are two strapping it. <laughs> and all the bad guys in the culture the are are the guys who think they're cool and carry their backpack with one strap over their shoulder. <laughs> uh, oh, well. I think it's I, time I, to play the music. <laughs> okay. If you can grab a circle.